Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon. Nina Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Nazir, daf nun Zion, page 57. Here we open with a new chapter. And the chapter here is really has a focus of what should a Nazir do if he might have become impure. Meaning, not where he knows it, but he's not sure. He's uncertain. And then now is he a Nazir to continue? Or is he like, is he a, an impure Nazir who has to pause? He has to stop his, or can't fresh? Or does he carry on his way as a Nazir? The verses in the Torah that lead to this are still in Bamidbar chapter Vav, number six, um, and a little bit in Vayikra Yodalad, Leviticus 14. We open with a Mishnah here that addresses exactly this kind of situation. So there's two Nazirim, and a third person comes along and says to them, I saw one of you came in contact with something that was impure. That happened definitively. The impurity was real. But I don't know which of you it was. Now, both of these people are in this state of doubt, whether they, whether each of them is the person who was rendered impure. So they're supposed to shave their hair. And they're supposed to bring that sacrifice, uh, the sacrifice after the impurity, and the sacrifice through which they become purified. The Omer, and they do it saying, if I am the one who was in fact impure, Right, they both bring both of these korban out, and they both say, "If I'm the one who's impure, then the impure korban sacrifice is mine, and the purification sacrifice, I'm sorry, and the pure sacrifice is yours." But if I'm the one who's tahor, if I'm the one who's pure, then the pure sacrifice is from me, and the impure sacrifice is from you. So. So right, I feel like these two people are really in an unfortunate state because they don't know what their state is. And it's ironic, or that's not even the right word, right? Because they neither of them knows that they've done this, that they came in contact with the this impurity. They're relying on the testimony of somebody else. Fine. The mission continues with Sofrin Shloshim Yom, they count 30 days, Omivin Korban Tara, and then they bring that Korban that would be a purification. Korban, I mischaracterized it before. The Omer, and they say, And they again say the statement of if I'm the one who used to be impure and I've just become pure, then the impurity sacrifice that was happened earlier was mine and the purity sacrifice was yours. And this Korban now, the sacrifice that I'm offering now is the purification one for me. And, and the reverse, meaning the statements, we understand, the statements are kind of to, to put the proper label on the sacrifices and make sure that the intent is sufficient to make sure that the korbanot would count. But as far as the doubt goes, it, you know, the, these are not a case of, did I, I mean, yeah, if it was just one person, did you come in contact with the impurity or not, then that's a, a suffix, that's a question, that's a doubt, and the person has to contend with it. In this case, there's surety that one of them did. And that also changes the equation as opposed to it being an fully a question. 
it's a question, but it's not fully a question of, it's not a doubt about, I'm not saying this well, it's not a doubt about, it's not um, a questionable impurity. It's a certain impurity. It's just questionable which person it was that had that certain impurity. Which I think is interesting because in other words, we know that somebody did become impure, but the question is who did. And I think the Gemara is, um, you know, sort of setting, uh, you know, wants to play around with this a little bit because the real question is, is that we're basically telling somebody to shave, right? We spent all this time talking about that shaving your head is really a huge deal. And now we're saying like, on the chance that maybe you are telling you should go ahead and shave your head. And so the Gemara begins with this with the question. Right? The Mishnah says, this person goes to these two Nazirim, right? And says, right? I saw one of you became Tame, but I don't know who it is. And the Amai, but why? Right? Whenever we have a question of doubtful, in English it would be, translated as doubtful, but a suffix, it's unsure tuma in a private domain, right? What do we, we, what do we learn? How do we learn what, what you do in that case? Misota from the laws of Sota. Just like in the case of Sota, right? That's the suspected adulteress. And we'll get to that. Uh, that's going to be our next Masachet. It's just the adulterer and the adulteress. So too, if you have this questionable tuma that took place in a private domain, Kagon de Eka Beitari, in this case where there are no more than two people, right? Aval Hacha, but here in our Mishnah, right? And in that case, sorry, the answer is, is that we assume uh, in those cases, we basically say that they are tame. So in other words, the question is, what's the suffix about, right? Like we should just say they're tame. There's a question. It's two people in a private domain, fine. But they come up with a little bit of a, you know, chidashir, right? Where they say, but in this case, it's two nazirim, but the witness is with them. So it actually ends up being three people. It's three. And therefore it should be considered to be a case of Rashud HaRabim, of a public domain. And in cases of, um, you know, unsure tuma in a public domain, we always say that that person is tahor. Right? So then the question is, why do they need to do any of this altogether? Why would they need to shave their head and bring this korbanot? We could just say that they're basically tahor because it's a suffix in Rashuda Rabin. So the Gemara answers, I'm a rabbi of our Rav Huna, right? The case of our Mishnah is where the witness says, I saw from a distance that some kind of tuma was thrown between you, but he was not actually there. The witness was not actually close enough to know what was happening and therefore was not really in their domain. So therefore it really is still a suffix of a Rashid Hayachid and therefore they really both are Tame. Amar Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi adds Deka Nami, right? We also can see this from the wording of the mission itself, Dekitani, because what does the witness say? I do not know which one of you. So we learned from that, it means he wasn't actually standing there. So I just thought that that's an important principle that we haven't seen before when we have studied Tumantara, that when we have a quick case of suffix, right, you are tame if it's a suffix in an area of Rashuda Yachid, you are tahor in an area of Rashuda Rabim. And therefore, this Mishnah has to be read 
as one of Suffet in Rashut Ayachid. Um, the Gemara then is going to go on and get into a whole halachic exegesis, which we'll talk a little because it goes on to tomorrow's stuff as well. Why do both of the Nazirs shave, right? Um, and we know that because, in other words, doesn't it seem that a Tahor one is actually violating something? If one of them was actually Tahor, there's actually a violation here. So just pay attention to that discussion. We'll, we'll, we'll reference it uh, a little bit more um, tomorrow. And it's going to get into a lot of discussion about all of these prohibitions about shaving your head. Is it, you know, and the, and the one about, you know, not uh, doing the sides of your head, rounding the corners. Uh, Shmuel has a whole thing that it actually means your whole head. So there's going to be a lot of discussion here about when we say you can't shave your head, what parts of your head you can't shave, how exactly does that work? Um, and it's all going to be based on Sukim as well. I do find that whole element of it fascinating, right? Meaning this idea of, I mean, the fact that shaving your head is part of this equation, or the fact that leaving your hair to grow long to begin with, we haven't talked about this in its essence quite yet. I guess we will. But I just wanted to note that here we're getting into, the, like, getting to those details, uh, you know, reminds us that this is a strange halacha. This is a strange status. Right. It is a very, very strange status. And, um, you know, I, I think it's particularly strange because there is a general prohibition about at least minimally not being able to shave part of your head or a man not being able to, right? What does it mean when in certain cases, like a Nazir or like a Mitsora, you do have to shave your head? And we're going to see the Gemara is also going to get into the question, pay attention to, you know, about women and children who are not part of that prohibition. So that also is like a little bit different, you know, as well when it comes to the Nazir actually shaving their head or the Mitsura actually shaving their head. Right, right. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to our Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.